1: IB Nation, welcome to the Irish Breakdown Podcast live with you all on a Monday, which means it's a little bit of Notre Dame recruiting hour. We're going to talk a lot of topics today, one that we were always going to talk about, and that is talking a little bit about the Notre Dame 2024 defensive class and the need for a strong finish. That was kind of always going to be a little bit part of this today's show, but we were woken up and it was news that we were expecting sometime this week, but we didn't know it exactly be. This morning, yeah. Odie Kahun, star <laughs> linebacker out of Patrick Henry High School in yeah. Reno, Virginia, committed to the University of Notre Dame. So, we're going to do our typical commitment recap. We're going to talk about the fit, how we got to this point, talk about the class impact, going to talk about also what's next for the Notre Dame class, and also. Got a nice little segment waiting for you all that's going to split up those two segments. Mm-hmm. Got a little no, next edition of Carson's Corner, which I got to sit down with Carson Hobbs, cornerback out of Archbishop Moeller in the 2024 class. If you didn't watch Recruiting Hour last week, it was our first edition of Carson's Corner. I thought it went really well. Everybody seemed it to really, really it did, did. The, the first edition, so... Second Carson's
2: edition. got a lot of personality man like yes. he is a really in this this episode was way better than the first one even though the first one was good because you can tell Carson was a lot more comfortable just yeah like with the format of it like you could just That's tell like okay this is what we're doing let's mm-hmm. roll so yeah he did he did really he did really
1: well it, it's it's definitely a different vibe when you're more of a a a interviewee and now you're more of a co-host almost of sorts right like that's kind of the vibe that he's getting a little bit so we talked a little bit of superlatives in the 2024 recruited class as well as give you a little insight into some of the Notre Dame coaching staff and some of the personalities that they have over there so we're going to get in all that Ryan Roberts Brian Driscoll but of course yes Brian we're but before to we
2: guessing. begin yes. I gotta say this Quinn Kibler has a little bit of an announcement. He said, not only did Notre Dame get a commitment from Antonio Carter on Saturday, but I too got a special commit from my now fiance. So Quinn, we are very happy for you, man. Congratulations. She said, yes, that's great news. Another member of the IB fam, buddy. Just wanted to congratulate you. Quinn's been with us for a while. He's been on the show for a while. Um, man, I, I still remember getting engaged to Angela Ryan, and it was over 15 years ago. You know what I mean? 16 years ago. And it's a pretty cool deal. So, definitely, uh, definitely congratulations to you, Quinn. Absolutely, man. That's a great way for us to start the show. You know what I mean? Like, it's beginning you know, of the end, man. The, the IB family good. is growing on the recruiting trail, it's growing, you know, with our subscribers. And Quinn, we're, we're super happy for you, man. So, I just wanted to get that out there before we dive into uh, this breakdown of Notre Dame's latest commitment, Ryan.
1: and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus twenty-four-seven customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call
3: quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Yeah, and again. Talking the commitment of Bodie Cahoon. And, Quinn, congratulations, by the way. I, mm-hmm.
1: I, I, I'm completely joking to say it's the beginning of the end. It is the beginning <laughs> of the beginning, sir. All right? So, Bodie Cahoon, linebacker out of the state of Virginia in the 2024 class. Committed to the University of Notre Dame this morning. He became the 16th commit for Notre Dame in the 2024 class, as well as the second linebacker now. Last Friday, of course, I received a in commitment from Teddy Rezac out of the state of Nebraska in the 2024 class as well. So we were talking just last week at this time. When is Notre Dame going to get their first linebacker commit? When is it going to come? When is it going to come? And we are sitting here just a week later. And now Notre Dame has had two commitments in the linebacker class for 2024 in three days. <laughs> now, yeah. now we're rolling a little bit. So Ryan, this is a very interesting one. Fans of the podcast and people that follow Notre Dame recruiting in general.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is uh yeah, this is one been there, Ryan. <laughs> This is one of those ones, Ryan, where it's not a surprise that it happened. We kind of expected Notre Dame to get Bodie Cahoon for a while. And really going back to when he made a second announcement that he was going to be visiting for the April 22nd game, the Blue Gold game, a month after he'd already come on up, you're kind of like, okay, you're kind of seeing the writing on the wall. And then coming out of that visit, Ryan, you put on the board, and I think you said in the show that there was even conversation then that Bodie was already thinking of moving up his timeline. There's only, there was only one reason to move up his timeline and that's because he wanted to just get it over with. He was going to come to Notre Dame, but they had decided initially that, okay, let's wait till the June visits. And then they just decided after continuing to talk as a family, like, look, and you got the impression talking to him, Ryan, that it was like, (laughs) do we really want to waste people's time and effort if we know where I want to go? And I, I think the, Decision of the decision of Teddy Rizak to me, I, I would not be shocked if it had some influence on him. Like, hey, they've been very clearly clear on that they are only taking three linebackers. This is where I want to be. Let's jump on board, and I think that might have sped the th- sped things up a little bit yeah. for him. But I think Bodie Cahoon to Notre Dame was always sort of a a thing uh it, it was always sort of a something we thought were going to happen and I'll be honest there's a lot of angst about linebacker recruiting and, and we'll get into all that in the second part of the show but the fact of the matter is this is a good football player and sure guy that it looked for a while like it was going to be him and Cole or Cole Sullivan I'll say this whatever you think of all these players to me that was I would have much rather had Bodie Cahoon than Cole Sullivan in the class and that's how it's going to shape up so uh, very intriguing player Ryan and We'll dive into the film and what we think and all that, but here's the thing: from the moment Notre Dame offered Bodie Cahoon, he was a priority. Yeah. So this was in the, this is no. Let you say what you want about rankings and all that. We'll get into all that stuff later, I promise. Well, that there's a conversation to be had about that, but the fact of the matter is, from early on, Al Golden, Chad Bowden, Marcus Freeman, all of them, very early on, Bodie Cahoon was the guy that this staff prioritized. Yeah, I mean, I would argue that there's not two linebackers they've recruited harder in the calendar 2023 year than Bodie Cahoon and Kingston Viliama Asa, as far as again. effort staff has put into recruiting them. So, I mean, that, that tells you a little something about how the staff views him at this point in time. Again, we can have the debate of whether that's right or wrong or whatever, but they definitely view this kid as a must, as a must get in this class.
1: They did because, I mean, I put out a piece earlier that was a little bit of an insight, and it it was an interview I had done this morning with Bodie after he put out the news. And I, I think what mirrors your sentiment, Brian, is that when I asked him about his relationships with the coaching staff in Notre Dame, he didn't talk about Al Golden. He didn't talk about Marcus Freeman. He talked about Al Golden, Marcus Freeman, Max Bola, Chad Bowden. All of them, the whole gambit, right? So he's not talking to just one or two, like a primary and a secondary recruiter at Notre Dame. He's talking to four plus guys at Notre Dame, not even including obviously, you know, Coach Bayless when he's coming on campus to be able to, you know, look at the body and all that great stuff. So clear priority, again, to your point, we can talk about how everything got to this point and whether there was a flawed process and we'll get into all that, folks, we will. But as of now, there was no question that Bodie Cahoon was a guy that Notre Dame wanted. I mean, someone posted on the board. I think it was this morning or yesterday. Brian, it was like they they asked something about. Does this mean that Notre Dame isn't confident with things with Kingston Villiamuasa? I'm like, no. Right. This is just because they it has really nothing like nothing to Cahoon. do with it.
2: Right, that's right. All it is nothing man. to do with Kingston. Right, yeah, that's and, and that's the thing. And and when you let's so let's talk about the class impact, Ryan. So We kind of did yeah. a little bit on the, the backstory here. Let's talk about the class impact of Bodie Cahoon to Notre Dame. Obviously here's where you were and and you know the last couple years Notre Dame has done extremely well it's going to sound a lot like what we talked about in the in the Teddy Teddy Rezac one but the reality is is that you did incredibly well last year recruiting linebacker you did incredibly well the year before and so much so that you've been able to already move some of those linebackers to fill needs in other areas where you haven't done as well right when you look at the numbers, Notre Dame is a three-linebacker-based defense, but they're just not going to play as much base defense moving forward as they have in the past. And so I, I still think that, that to me, eight to nine linebackers is the most that you're going to get to, where in the past you'd get to nine to 11 because if you're a 3 down base linebacker team – Eight to nine is the absolute max of where you're going to be. And the fact of the matter is Notre Dame has five linebackers on campus that head into the 2023 season with four years of eligibility remaining. And so you're in a situation where two to three is the need for the linebacker in this class. The staff wanted three. They wanted one outside guy and two inside guys. So what you now have is Teddy Rizak gives you the outside guy. He gives you the rover body. They can talk to him all they want about him moving inside. He's a rover, okay? And then Bodie is a pure inside guy. Now, Bodie played safety as a sophomore, but not in the way that like a Drew Tranquil or a Teddy Rezac played safety. He just happens to be the best athlete on his team, but he's not a guy that you look at and say, hmm, I wonder if that guy could play safety. He's definitely a linebacker, and he hit a jump. I mean, he had a growth spurt this past year as well, which we'll dive into, but he's a guy that the staff uses as an inside guy. Now, that's the interesting part. They view him as they've talked to him primarily, Ryan, the the conversation has been primarily, Hey, you're an inside guy. You can play both, but will being the number one talking point with him. Yeah. And I like him a little bit more. Mike, a a lot of this is going to be determined by his senior season, however, because I think two things have happened with Bodie in the last year. Number one is he's decided football is now going to be his future right now. He's talked about maybe playing both in college. We'll see how that plays out, but football is his priority. and so. You're now seeing him start to emphasize football more, where on film it's very clear he's just an athlete playing football. I'm curious to see what kind of jump he makes as a senior that and and how that could transition to him being potentially a will because when you watch a sophomore film, you see a kid playing free safety that shows a lot more range than he did as a junior, in my opinion. And so because that was the question I had for you, Ryan, as I was like, hey, can you get a speed thing on him? Yeah, because just the way that they use him, the way he plays, it's kind of hard to tell just how much speed he has. Then you watch the sophomore film, and you're like, this kid can run a little bit. And then he told you, Ryan, that he he got timed electronically uh, at a four five four this summer yes. at Virginia's, Virginia Tech's camp. So kind of like what we saw with Teddy Rezac, kind of like what we've seen with some other players is they're going into that period where some of these kids are seeing jumps in physical maturity. Yep. And I'm very interested to see kind of what Bodie's looks like because when you see photos of him from his – visits when you see my wife took some photos of him from the game when she was doing photography he's already started to fill out he looks legit 215 220 he was not 220 on his junior film and so I'm very curious to see how that fits but the one thing for sure is he's an inside linebacker in this defense that potentially could maybe outgrow the position and to be a viper but I view him right now as an off ball inside linebacker in this defense and he now gives them two linebackers but this is the first inside backer that they've got in this class
1: yeah I mean from a fit perspective we see him positionally exactly the same and I know that obviously you dug into how Notre Dame season which is the most important thing at the end of the day very interesting, Brian, because like you said, I mean, he, the kid's growing, right? I mean, I, I hate, you know, the, somebody on the message board said, like, why are we re- recruiting Drew White all over again? I'm just like, guys, <laughs> like, come on, man, stop. I mean, Teddy's, Teddy's well, legit well, 60 well, plus, 219 pounds. On that was visit. such like, an
2: absurd comment. Drew White yeah. was barely six feet tall and 210 pounds coming out. Yeah, But then those same people will complain about offer lists. Drew White had offer lists from, like, LSU, Florida, Florida State, yep. Miami, like, Clemson. That kid had a very impressive offer list. So, and was a starter on a playoff team it's just it's kind of weird some of the comments so basically any white linebacker now basically is going to be the next joe schmidt or or, or drew there's yes. no similarities physically between drew white and bodie kahun none other than the pigmentation of their skin that's it That's, that's and it. so it's been it's been a very lazy pushback by some and we'll get into to some more of that type of stuff in the second part of the third part of the show today yeah, uh, but but yes, this is a a long rangey kid that fits well, Ryan, with what this staff looks for. Whether you like the players or not, he definitely fits what they're looking for. And that's the thing yeah. is, do you want to? If you want to think the staff is reaching or not, it it usually shows when the the commitment is outside of the norm of what they look for. Right, Teddy Rizak and Bodie Cahoon. Say what you want about them, they are within the norm of what this staff likes. They like long, rangy, versatile, often two-sport athletes. And that's what Bodie Cahoon, It's absolutely
1: what Bodie Cahoon is at yeah. this point in time. I, I mean, Bodie Cahoon is a, he's an All-American lacrosse player. Like, he's not just a good lacrosse player. He was committed to uh, to Ohio State to play lacrosse. So, obviously, he is a legitimate player on both, <laughs> in both arenas from mm-hmm. the sports perspective. And he, to your point, Brian, again, this kid is a 6'2", plus, Weighed in 219 pounds this offseason at Notre Dame, so he's up right around 220 pounds now. Ran 4.54 at Virginia Tech, like you said. He also ran 4.57 at a different camp electronically time, so he's been pretty consistent in the 4.5s. Also had a 35-inch vert at one of the testing spots as well. So, I mean, he's got some variables and some measurements to work, work with, obviously, and I think that there is – there is excitement, I think, over him because we'll get into obviously the film. There is a lot to improve upon from a technical perspective, but then you hear, hear that he's only been playing linebacker one year. He is a two-sport right. guy, so the focus on just one is going to be big and massive, I think, for his in, improvement in in the arena of football. So I, I think that there's a lot of upside with a guy like a Bodie Cahoon. I still, I, I don't think we've seen. I, I think that there's going to be a a incorrect assumption here that Bodie Cahoon is a high floor, no ceiling prospect. And I couldn't push back more on that sentiment because I believe right. that he has substantial upside that we haven't hit yet. I really the, do.
2: The problem that we're having here, Ryan, in this discussion, and we'll just say it now real quick before, and we will talk about it more, but we need to say it now because this chat is getting out of control and it's really starting to annoy me, to be completely honest with you. Just because you think a guy is a project doesn't mean the Notre Dame staff does. Right? Right. Yep. And just because you think the staff should wait on a guy, and, and look, it is fair to criticize the staff for taking a guy that who's on film you don't like. That's totally fair. I've been doing yep. this my whole career, right? And it's totally fair. My issue is, is don't project how you view onto the staff's motivations. Why are they reaching for this kid? They're not in their minds, they're not, they're not reaching. reaching. Yeah. And, and and you say, Well, well, this is what Kelly did. And no, it's not because Notre Dame would settle on kids after they were very clearly not going to get top targets, which you have to understand about this commitment. And and again, there's a conversation to be had about whether or not their evaluation is correct. If you want to question their evaluation, that's totally fine. Yeah. But to act as if this is some sort of settling or some sort of project, that's not how the Notre Dame coaching staff views Bodie Cahoon. And I said this earlier, there are two players that from the – he got offered in what, January? When, when did he get offered by Notre like, like January. January, February, something like from that. From yeah. the moment that they offered him a scholarship, and this came during their sort of evaluation period, postseason evaluation period, when they were kind of getting out on the road, they were seeing more kids, they were watching more film, they were expanding the board. The moment that they offered him, that he became a priority for them, more so than other players. You guys, like Cole Sullivan, Ryan, and you and I have some inside information on this that we can't really share with y'all, but I will say this. I'm comfortable saying this. From what I know of the board and what Ryan and I have seen of the board, Bodie Cahoon was always in a category above where the staff viewed Cole Sullivan. Right. Cole Sullivan was viewed a lot like what... A, now, they liked Cole Sullivan, and <laughs> and they would have taken a commitment, I think, at some point in time from Cole Sullivan. They never pushed for Cole Sullivan. There's a difference. They've been pushing for Bodie Cahoon. They viewed Cole Sullivan as a bit of a projectable kid. They loved his upside a whole lot more than I did, and that's one that I very much disagreed with the staff on. But Bodie Cahoon is not a kid that this coaching staff views as that kind of project. He has been a top-level guy for months, months. Now, we'll have a conversation later about should they have viewed him that way, And that's a very fair conversation. But this is not settling in any way, shape, form, or fashion in their minds. And so if you want to have an honest conversation about Bodhi's commitment, first of all, take a deep breath. But have the conversation about what what it is, not what you think it is. Because that's useless. This is not a settling commitment. And somebody had asked, why didn't they wait till the June OVs? that should tell you exactly what, where he was. There was no need to wait for the June officials when this was a kid that you viewed as a priority recruit. Now I know we like, me, we like reminded, Cole.
1: Yeah, go ahead. Sorry, God.
2: No, say we like Chris Cole more. I, yeah. I personally do anyway. Yeah. And some in the board do, but that doesn't mean that the Notre Dame coaching staff does. Right. And so that's the thing we have to understand is you can, you can have, there's a, so what I'm not, I'm not telling you all have to love this commitment. I'm not, I'll never do that because that would be one of the most hypocritical things I personally could ever do. Cause I'm not one of those. If the staff does it, it means they're right people, but at least have a conversation about the actual reality of this recruitment. And, and so then question the evaluation, sure, but to act as if this is some sort of settling for something or a reaction to them missing or something like that. Is just not accurate. And I want to make sure that we're clear on that because it's getting, it's getting, the conversation's getting really out of hand in the chat. And there's a lot of people talking about things that really aren't reality to this situation. And, and when you're doing that, it it makes it hard to have a real conversation about, about this kid. So, sure. You know, that, that's kind of, that's kind of where this one is, Ryan. But it does give them a player that at least one. The people that are stargazers, at least one recruiting service graded him as a, as a four star. We, I grade him out as a as a four star. Now he is at the bottom level of the four star because there's a lot of things technical and mechanics and things like that that we'll get into. But this is a kid that's got some ability, and I think Ryan, you like him a little bit a little bit more than I do, even correct. Sure. We were kind of having that conversation a little bit earlier. Yep. So um, there are certainly certainly some things to like about Bodie, and we'll we'll dive into that here when we when we get into some of his highlight film.
1: Yeah, I, well, I think timeline wise, it reminded me a little bit, not exactly, but a little bit like the Jaden Greathouse recruitment last year, Brian, because you remember Jaden, Notre Dame was in a great spot with Jaden after his final visit to Notre Dame. And you were just kind of like, this is going to end here. And then I remember I talked to Jaden and then Jaden was like, I'm going to take my officials, you know, maybe go into the fall with it and then figure it out then. It's similar that cause Bodie had talked about like, Hey, I, we're reevaluating things a little bit. And then he comes back to like, Hey, I'm going to take my officials in June. And then we'll decide shortly after that. But then obviously it's one of those things where, I mean, he, he said word for word that he just knew, like he didn't need any more data right. points. It was like he, he knew where he wanted to go and it was Notre Dame. And it, it was just a situation that we're here and Notre Dame has their 16th commitment in the 2024 class. And yeah. I look forward to having a deeper conversation as far as, where the defense needs to go, and we'll do that obviously yeah. later in the show. Oh, yeah. But yeah, I like Bodie Cahoon, man. I mean, I, I look. I, we'll, we'll again, we'll get into this a little bit later. But Bodie Cahoon would have been a take for me personally. That's just my opinion. Just me. We'll we'll have that conversation. But I like Bodie Cahoon. There's a couple guys that ended up in Notre Dame's class so far that I maybe wouldn't have pushed for as early as Notre Dame did. I mean, that's been fully transparent on this channel. But Bodie Cahoon's not one of those guys. And again, I might be wrong. Some of you all might be right, or it might be vice versa. I don't know. But either way, I see a lot of things in Bodie Cahoon's game that gets me pumped up. And so that's just my personal opinion.
2: So obviously, Notre Dame, Ryan, we said, has a second linebacker in the class. Uh, They're getting close to meeting their needs. We'll talk about what's next after we dive into the film. But I do want to dive into his film, Ryan. And there's a couple different highlights available of, of him. Not a ton, a ton of football highlights. So how I came to my conclusion of Bodie is obviously watching his junior film as much as I can. Uh, also watching uh, his lacrosse film, honestly. And, and that's kind of the thing where there are some people that have questioned his, his his athleticism. And I'll be honest with you, Ryan, what was my first question when we first talked about Bodie Coon? What was the first question that I had about him? Is he really a top athlete? That was kind of my right. thing. You, you, when you watch the film, you'll see it in flashes, but you don't see it necessarily consistently. Well, what was the one thing that started to change my mind? It was watching him on la- play lacrosse. Yeah. Because when you see him play lacrosse, you see a sport he's far more comfortable in m- fundamentally – and 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 that leads to him playing faster, playing looser. You see a lot more suddenness, a lot more explosiveness, a lot more speed, change of direction, all of that stuff on the cross field, you start to see it. Then the the football stuff starts to make a lot more sense when you watch the film, Ryan, because you say, Okay, you because what's the thing we always say? If a guy lacks something, or if a guy shows something occasionally, but not often, you have to ask yourself, is he just not capable of that? Is that just kind of who he is or is there a, a mechanical, a technical problem that causes him to, to maybe not play as fast or is it a mental thing? He's not comfortable necessarily with what he's playing. When you watch this film, he went from playing a free safety, you can see everything, to playing a middle linebacker where everything happens much quicker. Much so quicker. I think there was an adjustment period there. And I think the other part is just a guy who fundamentally plays too high and, that, and, and, and doesn't always play with the sort of – decisiveness that you'd want from from a linebacker. and I think that was something that 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 I noticed on film. but you do see those flashes and and we'll we'll bring some of that stuff up now, Ryan, because i do I do want to dive a little bit into Bodhi's Bodie's film here. and the, again, the first thing you'll see to me, he does have size now. and yeah, you know, there's definitely some size to work with, and he's got a really nice frame. He's going to be a two hundred and thirty five two hundred and forty pound linebacker in a hurry. In my opinion, which is why I kind of project him to be a guy that is going to play some Mike. This is one of those flashes, right? This is kind of that that downhill speed that you see from a, that you want to see from a, a middle linebacker an inside linebacker.
1: Yeah, no, I, I think I think the pursuit to the perimeter is something that popped that really popped off the screen to me and almost immediately we watch Bodie because I think that we do see one thing very similar, Brian, is that he does play a little bit too high. I also think that that kind of affects his. Power profile at times because I think that he takes on like he's a good tackler, but I think that he takes on things a little bit too high and that kind of messes with his lower body power at times. But I mean, this play right here, I think, is a perfect illustration of this, right? A quarterback scrambling out of the pocket and that pursuit speed right there. Because I would argue that that's not the greatest angle of pursuit to start mm-hmm. there, which is a problem kinda, for him
2: for a lot in a lot of places, Ryan, is the angles. Yeah.
1: But, but the, the gets flat here and is able to run him down and just kind of shows that pursuit speed. I again I, I think I think that that's why Notre Dame has talked to him about playing Will linebacker because they see some area some plus in pursuits, the ability to have range on the back end of runs, which I think is something that's going to be very interesting on the next level.
2: So you talk about the power profile, and I think this is an example of kind of when you when you see it where he does stay low here and you see him really smack yeah. this guy pretty good. But there are a lot of times where, and we'll we'll bring up. uh, There's some other film here uh, that I want to bring up as well. Here's another example of him closing on a guy. There's some other film where you'll see him get through the hole, and you're like, okay, really good instincts there, really good read there, but he's just playing too high, and and he's not able to deliver with the same the same power. But but I always say, if a guy can do something three or four times, he can do it more, more often than not. It means he's capable of it. He just has to learn to whatever it it causes him to do that this is an example here right here ryan this isn't a really powerful hit it's because look how tall he is on this this is something he's got to get his base down bend more at the knees keep a wider base as he's working through the trash and then explode his hips through contact you know where i see him do that he's running to the perimeter yeah (laughs) on the the lacrosse field or whatever i don't know what it's called it's called a field or what i have no clue like, I, I've said field. soccer field. No, it's not a soccer field. Well, what's a it called? Pitch. It's shot a pitch. Okay, a whatever. Pitch. Soccer field. Uh, whatever the lacrosse field is, you'll see him do that more. You'll see him explode his hips through contact more. This is a really nice clip here. You see the little bit of that power profile we talked about, Ryan. Yep. So you'll see snaps of it. You'll see clips of it. And that's what the staff sees. They see, hey, this guy's got the tools that we want. He's short area quickness is really impressive when he keeps his base. And this is... This is a great example, too, because when he plays like this, Ryan, he's blitzing. He shows me so much more explosiveness and and change of direction than he does as a linebacker. And, And it really comes down to here he's in a sprinter stance and as a linebacker. He hasn't quite figured out the footwork is not what he needs to be to be able to play with the same type of athleticism, in my opinion.
1: Well, well I mean, you can look at that play right there, Brian. Like, I think that that's really good instincts and be able to see the game. But out of his trigger, which is the first step that a linebacker takes out of his stance, you can see that he pops straight up, right? Like his mm-hmm. butt gets high. So that's going to affect just his ability to transition downhill yeah. and to be able it's to make him look quickly. tight.
2: What that yes. means is it's going to make him look tighter than he actually is. Exactly and that's where that's where you kind of get into it and that's where you you have to you have to see those things and say okay why does he do that yeah. like when you're talking about an offensive lineman okay he's he's a he's a he's a, a wastebender. bender okay why is he just not flexible in the knees or does he have bad technique and that's one of the decisions you have to make now and I do think that 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 Bodie needs to obviously get stronger and the upper body clearly, but, but that's something else too, is like I said, he's going to get a lot bigger, a lot more physical. This, this right here is impressive to me. Cause he doesn't really have a lot of coil here, nope. but he still stones the guy. And you know, that was a, to me, that was a pretty impressive, pretty impressive clip.
1: Yeah. I mean, I mean, I, nice I literally did here. a, I did a film breakdown earlier, Brian, which I know will be live on the site, but it, I, I think the biggest thing that you talk about with Bodie that I need to see improvement on, and we hit on it already is I think the power profile is something that needs to continue to get better. I don't think he's the strongest kid in the world right now. I think that you are looking at a kid that is 6'2", 219 pounds with good length, who can run. I think that that's what you're seeing right now. But I think that there's good instinctual awareness there. I think he sees the game pretty clearly. It's just about getting to your spot and being able to play off contact consistently, because that is a big thing with linebackers. To your point is that you're playing in such a – smaller window ability to take on blocks, get downhill transition laterally that things happen so quickly, man. So that's why you always need to be in that proper power position, be able to use your hands coil quickly. Like there's a lot of really reactionary proactiveness to play in the linebacker position. Cause you're a reaction, you're a reactive player. You're reacting to what the, the offense is doing But the best linebackers almost see the game before it's even happening, man. That was one thing. It's like, why did you take a step that way, Luke Kuechly? Because I knew what the play – I knew the play was coming. Like, I just knew Mm -hmm. it, right? And that's kind of that innate ability to be able to play in those tight windows.
2: Yeah, it it is. Because one of the things too, Ryan, when you talk about instinctiveness, there are times when he shows that. But there's also times to me – where he doesn't look like he's trusting himself, which is going to come when you talk about a guy that doesn't have a lot of experience. And I'm, I'm going to pull up some sophomore film here too, while we're talking Ryan yeah, uh, and, and share some of his sophomore clips, because you'll, you'll see he, he does things a lot of a lot differently as a sophomore. He's more of a, he's more of a free safety. You'll see him here kind of playing like a, a whole safety type of situation. And you, this is where, it, and I texted you after I was watching this, like you, you see some speed there, right? Cause yes. he's, you see some speed on the clothes you see him undercut this route effectively. I and mean, he's just toying with this kid at first on the route. And then he reads the reads it, and then you see him kind of turn up the juice a little bit. And you're like, okay, that's that speed you're talking about. And as I said before, do you know where else I see that speed? I see that speed on the lacrosse field. And so a sport that he, to me, looks more comfortable playing right now. That doesn't mean it's his best sport, but it's a sport he, he looks more comfortable. That's a nice, nice hit right here. But again, look how loose he is here, Ryan. He, you know, he's... Still a little tall, but he's bending his knees a lot more. He's light on his feet because he's coming downhill from the safety position. He's not – when he plays linebacker, he tends to plant his feet, like almost like he's balanced between front to back, which is, you you know, you want to have that on the balls of your feet, you know, that sort of athletic stance type of thing. And when he plays linebacker, he kind of flat foots or even gets on his heels a little bit, and I think that just puts him in a bad position just to begin with from from a footwork standpoint. But you see nice, easy change of direction here. Nice read, picks the pass off, sees that backside seam, jumps it, and picks it off. Well, see a much more disruptive kid as a sophomore, too, Ryan.
1: And and I'm glad that you mentioned some about the sophomore highlight, Brian, because honestly, I was doing my film, he evaluated the junior film, and I'm like, I don't really know how to evaluate him as a pass coverage player right now right. because he just wasn't – you know, You didn't see that much on the highlight film from a junior year, but then you see him as a safety and in, in, as a sophomore, and you're like, okay, there's – clips yeah. of him actually navigating space in pass coverage that is just kind of different from what you had in 2022. So I'm very interested to see the jump that he takes as a senior because he is yeah. going to be significantly bigger. He's going to be mo- a little bit more explosive than he was as a junior. I think that there was a big jump that obviously he can take going into his senior season.
2: Mm-hmm. And he's going to need to. I mean, the, the tools are there, but he's going to need to. This is another thing you saw him as a, high, as a safety, playing a lot lower when he goes in for contact because he's coming – Pardon me. He's coming from distance. I don't know what's going on with us today, man. Like you're coughing. I keep, I keep hiccuping.
1: Well, well mine's makes... allergies, man. My allergies have been terrible oh, the last like three days. It's no been good. awful.
2: That's no good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, here, here's the one, Ryan, uh, where you see this, you see a little bit of him turning the jets on a little bit. You know, we're getting downfield, show some speed. You know, again, this is, this is sophomore film. You see him, you know, open it up in coverage. You see him changing direction. This is kind of what you're talking about. You see some things here that you're like, okay, I didn't get a chance to see that on film as a linebacker. They just let him play downhill the whole time. He is yeah. not a safety. I know it's always – someone asks every time you see a linebacker play, say, is he a safety? No, definitely not. Definitely not. So that's decent speed there chasing that kid down from behind. Yeah. Um, you know, again, he's a he. I would say he's still a raw football player that has the tools that you look for. just has that's to great. figure out how to put it all together. And that's what the staff is banking on because they they, they're they're banking on the they see the athleticism in the frame and they're saying that's what we care about. Because what have I always said? Look, if I'm uh, one thing I always want to be is consistent. Ryan, what have I always said about technique of high school players? I've always said this. I don't care. I don't. That's what I, I mean when I was in I was this way when I was a coach like, well, that's what that's what I'm paid to do. It's my job to teach him how to play. It's his job and God's job to give the the physical tools for me to then, you know, refine it. Cause I've said this before, you know, I, I coached five years, my first stint. And I think I I count coached like a couple all Americans. I coached an all conference kid every year. And I've always said, like, I didn't walk into the room. I mean, every time I coached on, I coached an all conference kid. I didn't walk into the room with these average athletes who are not very good football players. And because of my wonderful coaching ability, I turned them in all conference and all America. No, I had kids that had the God given ability. They just needed it harnessed. And it was my yeah. job to harness it. And, and that's what this Notre Dame coaching staff has been banking on with this, with this group is they see the athleticism they want, they think they can harness it. And they, th- what are they all, what have we seen the staff care about speed and length? athleticism yeah now we'll find out if this kid can play football at a high level or not and and right now i don't think he does play football at a high level right i'm just going to be honest i don't think he's a guy you watch him and then you watch kingston and, and you're like okay that's two different type of kids as far as where they are in their development as football players i agree two very different kids but what you see with him is length and athleticism and that's what the staff cares about they don't care about that other stuff and I'm, to be honest with you, I'm, I'm okay with it. And you see that too, as you see his weight jump, he gained about 30 pounds in a year. Yes. It's going to take you a little while to, to get kind of caught up to speed when, you know, when you're, you're, you're there's going to be some adjustments for you at that point in time. And that's what the staff is banking on. So that's when they, when, when they evaluate this kid, that's what they're, that's what they're evaluating. That's what they're saying. You can disagree with it if you want,
1: but that's kind of, that's where they're at. And I I personally, in today's game, I love linebackers that have a safety background that have played it because you're going to be asked so much more than what you want. What once were to specialize in some area of pass coverage, whether that is as a zone dropper, a landmark guy, or that is as a man to man cover player that can work in the slot at times, whether that is just kind of dropping down into short zones and be able to rob some underneath cover underneath zones. Like there's going to be a lot of different areas that a linebacker is now asked to make an impact in the passing game. I mean, we even see Mm -hmm. guys now they're specialized blitzers, you know, from the second level. And that's kind of their role in the passing game. I think of, and I'm not comparing Bodie Cahoon to, I'm not comparing him to Pete Werner, but the one no. thing I loved about Pete Werner when he was coming out of high school was that he was out a cathedral. He was legitimately playing safety and mid-hole safety as a junior and senior of high school before he transitioned, obviously, the full-time to the second level. And I think that that helps you so much, man, being able to understand how to navigate space. Because I played linebacker, and I'll be honest, like I didn't understand the nuances of pass coverage until I started coaching. I didn't understand Mm -hmm. what was happening behind me, what's happening on the back end, why I'm dropping to a certain zone 100% of the time. I didn't understand those things. But when you're a safety and you get to see everything from the back working its way forward, I feel like you really departmentalize and understand why are things all happening around me. So I think that safety background is big time for a linebacker today's game, especially a guy, if he does end up as a Mike linebacker, That it's going to have some duties of let's get guys lined up. Let's get the defense called. Let's make sure that we're all on the same page. I think those things all matter tremendously on top of just the simple ability of understanding where to drop and how to drop and play man and stay low in your pedal and be able to mirror. All those things really matter, I think, at linebacker in today's game. So I like that background. I think that he has a lot of traits to work with. So I'm a fan of the pickup.
2: Yeah, like I said, you like them like a little bit more than I do, but I think there are certainly some things to look at and evaluate, Ryan. And, and it, but it, it, Again, I'm, I'm going to kind of get back to similar to what I said with, with um, Teddy Rezac is let me see how they finish the class. And when I said that, you anticipate Bodie Cahoon being a guy that we thought was going to be part of the class. The question now is when you look at what's next, it's okay, what are you pairing it with? Because the interesting thing that that I think people need to keep in mind, and and, and there's going to be a lot more to say about this later. This is not a very good linebacker class nationally, in my opinion. It's really not, and and a lot and, and a lot of the top guys that they were on, that they liked very early before there was even an evaluation of Bodie Cahoon. Because again, coming into this the season when they're offering some of the guys are offering, this kid is a six foot two hundred ninety pound free safety, as you saw in film. And then it wasn't until after the season that you see he's now six foot three, two 220 and twenty pound, you know, linebackers. So he's a different a different body type than he was before. But those guys just there just wasn't a ton of interest from those guys. You know, like early on, a guy that is somewhat highly ranked, uh, that that some people like is the Chris Jones kid from Virginia. Yes. And, you know, look, he just wasn't all that interested in Notre Dame. But I'm going to be honest with you. You can't watch Chris Jones' film and watch Bodie Cahoon's film and tell me that this kid is better than what Bodie Cahoon is. But he's ranked higher, so there's a perception that he's a better player. Yeah, I think he's a more advanced player, but he's not a better athlete. In my, I get, you, you could say he's a better player. That I will agree with you on. But what you can't tell me is he's a better athlete, but he's a better prospect is what I, is what I was trying to get to. Not that he's not a better player, but he's a better prospect. I don't think that he is because the ceiling isn't as high. And and as I've said all along, I care more about the ceiling than I do where kid is right now. Yes. That's where you have to be. And when you're evaluating, but now it's okay. What's next, what goes with it? And I think that's going to be the key. And when you talk about what's next, a linebacker, it really starts with one guy. I mean, it's been the top guy on their board all along and ultimately will determine if this linebacker class is a a success, Ryan, to me, it really comes down to can you close with Kingston, Vilyama, Asa, or not? I think that's what this linebacker class will ultimately be judged by, is can you get him? Because what you've done is you've landed two high-ceiling guys that both need a lot of work. Now, Teddy Rezac is actually a very fundamentally sound, instinctive, excellent high school football player in my opinion but the question is can he fill out those type of things right this kid is Bodie is the opposite he's not a real advanced technical player and all those type of things but the athleticism and the ceiling is high to me what i like about kingston is that he is without question the highest floor on the board right now and and it really comes down to what we say a lot ryan which you have to balance the ceilings and the floors When you're putting a class together, you can't be all high floor. You can't all be high ceilings. Ideally, you want to be high floors and high ceilings, but then that's just not where where they are right now. But Kingston is a guy that has the highest floor on the board. Floor on the board. And uh, you get him, I'm feeling really good about this linebacker class. Miss him and even get a guy like Chris Cole, who we both like a lot. There's some question marks there because you've now taken three guys that are all projectable. Not projects. A project is different than someone who's projectable. There's a huge difference. Uh, but this kid, these kids are kind of projectable. They're going to need work. They're, they're guys that you're banking on the upside, but they're lower floor guys. And as we've always said, it's kind of like the defensive line class last year, Ryan. We love the ceilings of that group, but it's a risky class because why? They're all low floor guys for the most part. At some point in time, you have to start also getting the high floors as well. They got it in last two years' classes, in my opinion, but in this class, they haven't gotten that yet. And that's what makes Kingston so important to this class. Get Kingston and and my feeling about this linebacker class is pretty good. Miss on him. And I start asking some very, very, very tough questions that that somewhat still exist anyway, you know, about linebacker recruiting, but it would make it even more very, very very, very uh, much more uh, concerning for me at that point in time.
1: Well, I think some guys on each board are just kind of the easiest bets, right? And I think that that's what Kingston is in this class at linebacker for Notre Dame. He's the easiest projection to being a really good football player early on in his career. Like he's the easiest one. He is 6'2", 6'3", 225, 230 pounds, somewhere in that ballpark. He's been playing for St. John Bosco for for now. I know he missed his sophomore year after an injury, but he's been a starter on his team for two years, would have been for three. He is a guy that everyone has known about. He was receiving – offer. I mean, he got offered by Ohio State when he was a freshman in high school. Like, he's been offered for a long time, been on the radars. He's a really aggressive football player, really instinctual kid explosive in short areas. There's a lot to like about Kingston Viliamuasa. And he is one of those kids that, again, this matters, in my opinion. He has been the foregone leader and playmaker for the top team in high school football last year. National champion, St. John Bosco. Over 100 tackles, nine and a half tackles for loss, five and a half sacks, and he took an interception 50 yards for a touchdown. Mm -hmm. I mean, he is – an absolute cha- game changer for one of the premier high schools in college football. And that matters. You want to talk about high floor, right? Brian A guy that can come in mm-hmm. and compete immediately. It's usually these kids that play at the highest level that produce at the highest level. And when they come talk about Jaden, great houses of the world, the Rico Flores of the world, they get dropped in the spring bowl. And it's like, they're not out of place here because they've been playing high level football for years. And that's what I see with Kingston. So I agree. He is an absolute – He is. he's already kind of been in this category, but he Mm -hmm. is 100% in this category now. He's a must-get in this class. You cannot miss on Kingston Villamuasa because he is a – he is the high-floor player in a class that is built, at linebacker at least, around development. Guys that year two, year three, year four, that's when their shine is going to happen, not year Mm -hmm. one. Kingston needs to be that guy in this class – I love Chris Cole, but if you're only going to take one linebacker in this class, Kingston Viliamoasa yeah. is the musket.
2: There's yeah. no question. Chris Cole's obviously on the board. Brian Huff's on the board. Those are those are sort of the lower floor, higher ceiling guys uh that that we've kind of talked about. There's there Keyshawn Flowers is a the guy they've been out to see a couple times. They've been out to see Jalen Harvey a couple times from DC. Not a lot yeah. of traction there from what we've been able to see so far, Ryan it really does come down to getting Kingston. And if you don't get him, it's look, there's this uh, impression out there. I I get some people feel like Notre Dame is going to get Chris Cole if they wanted him. I don't know where that came from. It's was not a given that Notre Dame, it's not a given that Notre Dame could get Chris Cole. They, first of all, they do want him. They do like him. Now they, they may not take both of those guys. We don't think they'll take both of those guys. They like Chris Cole a ton. It, it, but there's this impression that, well, you shouldn't have taken this kid, and you should instead take Chris Cole, then see if you can get Kingston. Well, it's not a given you're going to get that kid. Yeah. Even if you even if the staff did feel that way, which they don't, by the way. I mean, there's a reason that this kid got offered first and has been a top target earlier from a somewhat similar area. You know, it's like, it's not like the other kid was un, unknown to them. So I just I I think there's this opinion there's there's this impression that well the staff is selling Roanoke High School and Salem High School are 15 minutes apart yeah the staff has known about Chris Cole as long as they've known about Bodie Cahoon I can promise you that he camped at Notre Dame last year Chris Cole so exactly so uh, there's a reason the staff focused on this kid earlier because they like him a lot. We'll find out if they're right or not. That's a very, that's the, that's the, and this is the whole point I'm trying to, that's the question. The question is, okay, is he the caliber player in the we're getting? That's a very fair question. The, the thing that I don't like is I'll say again, is the, the notion that, well, they're settling or that they should have taken a, should, take other guys. Sure. We can have that conversation, but don't say that they're settling for this kid when they could have had Chris Cole, cause they don't view it that way. And that's the biggest difference. When Notre Dame would take certain guys, I don't start mentioning names because it seem disrespectful, but a lot of the guys, they took a linebacker, they took because they missed on other guys. That's not necessarily the case here. They stopped recruiting other guys when they got involved with Bodie Cahoon. They stopped pushing for Chris Jones after his visit because they liked Bodie better. They didn't see the same frame, the same length, and the same athletic upside that they saw with Bodie Cahoon. I don't think they'd have got Chris Jones anyway. That's just my personal opinion. But yep. he had an early interest. He visited twice, I think he did at least once. He visited twice yeah. Uh, so clearly there's some interest there, but they like this kid better. We'll find out if they're right or not. That's the question. The question is are they right or not? not the question isn't this is a panic move or are they settling They're not settling in their mind. We'll find out if that evaluation was correct. but that's true for all these kids, right? And so that's kind of where where it comes down to and where I where I think the conversation um needs to be
1: and, and we won't know if they were right or wrong f- for a couple years <laughs> like, sure. the development that needs sure. to happen we're talking sure. about a 17 year old kid right like the best of what Bodie Cahoon may be at Notre Dame is not going to be Bodie Cahoon at 18 years old it's going to be Bodie Cahoon at 20 21 right. so we'll, we'll revisit this as always there's no right. question so um well, I,
2: I do I do need to say this Ryan because I, I do find this kind of kind of funny uh to to kind of discuss here but um do you do you know do you know what um Bodie Cahoon's um or what Jeremiah Wusukoromoa's ranking was coming out of high school by I think chance was mostly mostly a three-star right mostly a three-star kid right yeah. yeah um he was evaluated um I think two four seven had him uh, as a three-star kid They had him as uh, the number 10 player in the state of Virginia. Bodie Cahoon is the number 11 player in the state of Virginia. Very similar ranking profile. Uh, Jeremiah, got his ranking got boosted a little bit by the fact that ESPN ranked him pretty high. They ranked him as a four-star, just like Bodie's ranked as a four-star. So two sites view him as a three-star, one as a four-star, just like Jeremiah. Two viewed him as a three-star, one as a four-star. The point being, not that he's going to be the next Jeremiah Moa. But most people didn't think Jeremiah usukoramo was going to be the next Jeremiah usukoramo when he signed either. Yeah, Mike Elko banked on traits. He banked on skill. He banked on length, athleticism, versatility, and that's what this staff is banking on on Bodie. We'll find out if they're, if they're correct or not. That's a very fair assessment. But this whole, why did we sign another three-star linebacker stuff is just tiresome. It's very tiresome. And I could give you a million examples of why that's tiresome. if if we're going to be honest about it. So uh, we'll find out here, Ryan, find out soon enough, right? Find out soon enough.